Welcome back to the Digitally Connected Podcast. I'm Joel Harder. On today's episode, we're going to continue to consider the findings of a new statewide case study, work in digital communications during COVID, what will come back, and what will never be the same. And we're going to listen to Scott Klosowski, the founder of Future Point of View, reflect on these key findings. And specifically today, he's going to suggest some new rules that leaders should consider when leading remote distributed workforces. How do you lead and connect a distributed team who may be working all over the country, working in different settings, some working from home, some in the office. How can you really leverage digital platforms well? And what are some rules that guide how you think about using those platforms so that you're really maximizing the absolute best of all of your team? Well, thanks again for joining the Digitally Connected Podcast. Welcome to the Digitally Connected Podcast with Joel Herter and Drew Knoll. Technology is integrated into every facet of our lives, impacting the way we work, live, and connect with the people in our communities and around the world. In the rapidly evolving digital landscape, the Digitally Connected Podcast explores future trends from the leading innovators in tech so you can stay informed and stay connected. Now, here are your hosts, Joel Harder and True Null. Yeah, well, and there's a world of difference between using Zoom and then really using Zoom well. And I have had the opportunity to participate in some of what Future Point of View has done through the digital transformation think tanks. And this past year, we got to participate in it completely virtually. And that was one of the most eye-opening experiences to me about here is an example of how you can use a Zoom meeting. And we all know about Zoom meetings. We've all been on Zoom meetings. But the little techniques, whether it was creating a sense of engagement and participation, fun games, icebreaker type stuff, all the way to how you utilize breakout rooms, how you intentionally had different participants interacting with each other in different ways, all in the context of the same Zoom platform. And it was an incredible experience and really a high level thinking and interacting and brainstorming, which is what the think tank is all about. And so there are some techniques to use it well. How do people find out about those techniques? Because I, I agree, I think that people want to lean into those techniques well. Yeah, or even just combining mixtures, the, the alchemy of adding other technologies to a Zoom or to yeah. Teams. You know, that was another thing I know you saw was, you know, when we think about holding an excellent interactive meeting, we don't just think about one platform. Right. We think about multiple channels, multiple platforms at one time to be able to, again, create multiple conversations with people and hold their attention so they don't multitask. But you asked a question about how do people learn? We're in a world now where there's a few people starting to teach how to do these things. A lot of it is just self-discovery. Mm -hmm. If people will really set a bar and say, hey, I want to learn how to use all the technologies available and create an excellent experience, what does that look like? And that's what leaders, I think, need to understand is a lot of leaders are setting the bar too low on a lot of technology usage coming out of COVID. Again, it was triage. Right. Hey, I was just happy we all could get on teams and collaborate. Yeah. And then they stopped as opposed to saying, all right, if we're going to have a hybrid environment where some people in person and some people remote, how do we create an ability to have a hybrid team and instill a culture and have people collaborate at even higher level than they did when they were all in the office? 
know, I just think leaders need to shoot a lot higher. And that'll drive some of the innovation as opposed to just the triage. Just going one step further with this conversation before we move on to another finding and that desire to aim a little higher, you know, the medium is different. A virtual environment is, is a different space in which you are operating than perhaps what you're used to just commanding a boardroom and, and, and being in that space. What advice or what would you say to someone to challenge them to think differently about the medium of a virtual space in order to actually set a higher bar and go and learn a different technique to make it actually possible? So it's a good question. Let's take a few of these. One, you have to set some new rules uh, for collaboration. So for example, if it's a hybrid meeting, you have people in an office or in a boardroom and then half that are not, you have to set a new rule, which is we're going to create an experience that is just as good for the people who are remote as the people in the office. And right now, that has not been the rule. The rule is have the meeting for the people who are in person. Yeah. The other people can just watch. Right. Right. It's really been that. You got to change that thinking and just say, nope, we're going to create an experience that's equal for everybody, which means, by the way, things like, uh, I know when we have hybrid meetings here at our company, everybody gets on Zoom, even all the people in the room. Yeah. And that uh, sometimes when we tell clients, they can't believe that, you know, they, they're like, you're kidding me. Like you have everybody in the room has their laptop open and everyone logs into Zoom. Yes. And the reason we do that is we got feedback from the remote people that when I'm just looking down a, a table or I'm just looking at a camera, I can't see people very well. Yeah. When they're all have their laptops open, I can see their faces. That yeah. was one. Two, we can't chat. Like we can't chat with the people in the room. We can only chat, right, the remote people. And then if you're going to do Q&A or you're going to push a poll, well, you could only poll the people that are on Zoom remotely. And so it was one of the examples with leaders is we said, you got to change your thinking about uh, collaboration in a, in a hybrid meeting or even a virtual meeting. So that's one thing is set some new rules. Like everybody has to have an equal shot. I'll, I'll get, tell you some stories. We had a, we had a client... And they have an office in, in one city that always has to come in over collaborating over Zoom. And then their home office is in the other city. Well, they the home office always thought, oh, we, we provide a great experience for the other side because we have a camera into our conference room and we have mics in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Well, what the routinely at the home office, what they would do is show up at meetings with printouts. Well, nobody on the other side could get the printouts. And so the, the head of the office that was the remote office, he says one day, I swear to you, if somebody else shows up with printouts and we don't have copies, we are not doing these meetings anymore. Well, sure enough, like within a week, somebody shows up at a meeting, you know, where there's 10 people at the remote site and they go, well, here's a handout. And he goes, I'm out. His name's Steve. He's like, I'm done. And he turns it off and he just says, I, we're not coming to any more meetings. If you don't even think enough about us, to put it in digital and put it into Teams or put it somewhere where we can collaborate, yeah. you clearly don't care about us as remote participants. So, you know, that's an interesting thing, like the leaders have to think differently. Uh, I'll give you another story about why leaders need to think differently. Uh, one of the things you can do in virtual today is you can create multiple channels of content. So you can have whoever's speaking, you can have a back channel conversation coming on chat, right, yeah. where everyone's chatting at the same time. And then you can be pushing questions, okay? Three channels of conversation. 
Now, when everybody's just in a room, there's one channel. There's a person talking, and then there's people listening. The people listening can't talk to each other very well. You know, there's not a good way to poll everybody at the same time. So one of the things we've learned is that when you create those three channels, you have somebody talking, somebody pushing questions to gauge the audience, and then uh, allowing the audience to have a back-channel conversation, that's how people score meetings the highest. Like mm -hmm. That's the most valuable participation model you can have is when I have multiple channels of communication. All right, so this is a fact. This is what makes a very good and efficient meeting. You can get more done in less time. Had a CEO one day. Uh, CEO is running a meeting, 100 and something team members. Team members have a robust chat going on during the meeting. All about the meeting, good idea exchange, good questions going, love it. The CEO has a setting turned on his teams that every time somebody posts in chat, it dings. There's 150 posts in chat during his meeting, 150 dings on this guy's computer. So he says after the meeting to the head of IT, turn off chat. We're not having chat anymore in the meetings. Head of IT says, why? I mean, it was such a robust conversation. Yeah. It makes the meeting so much more fun and meaningful. Nope, I don't like the dings. Took the CEO a while to figure out that that was just a setting on the CEO's computer, yeah. and he just had to turn it off. Mute. But until he figured it out, yeah. the CEO banned back-channel chat yeah. during a meeting. So I know it's a long answer, but you know leaders have to think very differently about what's possible now, and they have to let go of what were meetings in 2019. And that's both that everything has to be in person or the way we did hybrid meetings in 2019, yeah. which was good for the participants in person, terrible for the remote participants. Yeah, yeah I, I think he, uh, again, brings up a really solid point in terms of adaptation, in terms of expectation and delivery of, of whatever it is that you're doing. You know, I mean, obviously he was giving examples around businesses and, and, and conducting meetings and those kinds of things. It's simple stuff that makes a big difference, right? I mean, the, just the, the thought of uh, making sure that if you're passing out hard assets in the room, that you've got those, you know, soft assets somewhere that people can access them so they can collaborate. Or I feel like my company, the company that I work for is, is a pretty tech forward thinking company in terms of how we've been utilizing tech but we will host remote meet, you know, meetings where we have folks that are in remotely, uh, and we'll all get in a conference room, and we don't even have one camera. <laughs> you know, we've got our big conference room phone with multiple mics, so the the audio is great. But everybody that's remote, just you know, when they get into Zoom or Teams, it's all they see is the little phone icon where we've dialed in. I didn't even think about, well, maybe we should have everybody bring their laptops and everybody you know, sits around the conference room table and has their laptop open and their, their, their cameras on and people can see them. And then, you know, now obviously there's some things you have to work through from an audio standpoint to make sure you don't have feedback loops and everything like that, but it's certainly manageable from an audio standpoint and would make that meeting substantially more robust for everybody that's participating. And so it's not like, uh, ultimately what he's getting at there. And I think it's a fantastic point is including everybody that's on the call and not that it's, it's not a, it's an on-site call that we're allowing people to remote into. It's a, we're having a meeting and right. some of our participants are remote and some of our participants are sitting here around the conference table yeah. and everybody gets an equal experience of it. And it's just little things like that, whether it's posting the, the meeting minutes or the brochure that you're going over into your teams or your Zoom chat or 
just having everybody bring their, I mean, I'm literally in my head, I'm thinking, my company, we need to institute that. Everybody bring your laptops in. And so you, know, you have a camera on everybody. Things like that are, are very meaningful when you're talking about trying to make that experience better for people. And the benefit of that is as that experience improves, people's use is going to go up too. You know, I mean, the, the reality is we're not past the barrier of people still resisting the technology. I mean, I have people on my team because of what we do. I have a nice mic set up and I have a really high quality camera and I'm a bit of an audiophile. And so even when I'm sitting on a just a Zoom like, hey, it's our weekly sales call, let's review the forecast call. I still wanna have really good quality audio and I still wanna have really good quality video. I still have people on my team that they're legitimately just using the audio off of their, like the mic on the laptop and the camera on the laptop, you know, and it's like legitimately 20 bucks, just a pair of earbuds yeah. that have a mic on them and improve your audio quality immensely. Same with video, you know, now some laptops have good video cameras in them. You know, so I'm, I'm not knocking all integrated webcams. But the thing that I love about people that still use the laptop <laughs> is the up the nose angle. They haven't yeah. figured out like, hey, let me put on a couple books here or something, you know, so I get a better angle. But simple stuff like that, you know, so if you make that a more enjoyable experience for people, then they might take the time to okay, I'll go to Best Buy and I'll get a $20 mic. I'll go get some books and stack my laptop on it so people don't see whether or not I've trimmed my nose hairs or not. You know, stuff like that. And that enhances everybody's experience and makes people want to collaborate in that manner more than, oh God, we've got to get on another conference call where half the team's going to be remote. It's getting over that barrier. And then once you get over the barrier, then that's when the innovation and the fun stuff starts happening where you start really going, okay, now that everybody understands what we can really, you know, what the tool is, now we can start having some fun, creative discussions around how do we maximize this tool? There are two things that was said that I think is kind of at the key of all this. He was telling the story of the the remote office uh, who said, if you, you guys show up with printouts one more time, we're done, we're out. And then he right. used the phrase that if you don't even think of us enough, to make those things available to us ahead of the time of the meeting so that we can meaningfully engage in the meeting. Yep. But it's to think of us enough. And that's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what, yeah. that's what yeah. 2020 has done is it's caused us all to no longer think of, as you said, okay, we're having an onsite meeting and either because you're not feeling well or you're away on a trip or you're the CEO's nephew and unfireable, you know, we're going to we're going to make you able to be able to remote in. No, no, no. We're yeah. having a meeting and right. we are right. all over the place. That's yeah. No, and we are all human beings that are meaningful yeah. parts of this team, crucial parts of yeah. this team. It's that, yeah, it's that absolutely. mind shift. That's yeah. what's, that's, what's changed. And well, you have to think about the psychology behind that, yeah. right? To your point. I mean, what was the, I mean, the first joke we made out of the, out of the gate on this podcast, on this episode, right. was, I didn't know I wasn't essential. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the reality is in 2020, we were all in this headspace of if you're working remote, the thought there is, well, you're not essential to the office. Mm -hmm. And and the paradigm, not that in totality, but in majority, the, the, the paradigm still was the office is where I work. That's where I, I apply my craft. That's where I show my worth and purpose. 
well, I'm not going to the office anymore. So am I essential? Am I, am I able to still meaningfully contribute remotely? And so you take the, you know, that on top of all of the other things that were going on in 2020, COVID not the least of them and everything else, people were in a very precarious headspace navigating through all of that. And so then when you get into a meeting, that's your job. That's how you, you know, sustain yourself and potentially your family. You're viewed you're, or treated rather as a second rate participant because, mm-hmm. well, you're remote and all the cool kids are at the office. And so if, if you want to have the same experience, then you should be here in the office. And if you're not, well, sorry, you know, we're, we're all whiteboarding here on the, on the, you know, on the conference room wall and you can't see it and participate in it. That just goes into perpetuating that concern and fear of that. Everybody I believe was going through at some point and to some degree last year of how expendable am I? Uh, do I really matter to the team? Going back to your point, like if you don't think enough of us, you know, in that story, that example, that person was coming from a position of, you know, it sounds like of some authority or at least the ability to make that statement. But I think a lot of people were experiencing that internally without the confidence and the position and security to say that, but we're absolutely feeling it. Yeah. And so as a leader in an organization, it absolutely is incumbent upon us. And the onus is to make sure that everybody in our, in our groups and organizations, whether it's internal folk or it's outward, and especially, especially if it's outward fate, you know, if it's a prospect or a customer, somebody that you're consulting with or collaborating with outside your own organization, all the more necessary to make sure that those people don't feel like second rate participants. Yeah. Well, and once we have that first question answered, that yes, yep. they're all valuable, valued members of our team, then you move to the second part of this question, which is what Scott said, you have to set new rules yeah. for what distributed workforce collaboration looks like. We've been talking about meetings, but maybe it's not meetings. Maybe it's it's right. simply a workflow and the way people yep. are actually engaging with each other and their team throughout the day and week. So we can take it out of the context of, of just a, a, an episodic meeting that's happening and just right. how do people actually engage in this distributed environment and set some new rules around that. And I think that's really interesting. And we've already, you, it was fun to hear you kind of talk about, well, I think we need to start doing that on Monday. Um, you know, <laughs> right. so, and, and right. that's what, and you, do you see why I love Scott? I mean, just, yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just dropping stuff all the time, but yeah, there are some rules and, and maybe we could talk through some of them, but what I really rather kind of ask you, Drew, is your take on this, because I do a lot of kind of production work and will produce yep. events from 20 people to 2000 people to statewide events. And I mean, I, that's part of what I do. And, and yep. one of the things that whenever I approach an event, that I do, I, I really do approach it like a producer. And I think of the story, the narrative, what what is happening over the course of this event that everybody's experiencing that we're going through. And that kind of, that defines how we're going to build the content, who we're going to have speak, who we're going to have speak about what, what are we going to do to transition? And I, I think in those terms, my question is, if you're setting new rules for a distributed collaborative work environment in a virtual space, engaging teams that are all over the place. 
and you're setting new rules about how you're going to do that. So you're valuing people and engaging them and everyone's having a meaningful experience. Is there a certain skill set that may be needed to add to your team or somebody on the team needs to be thinking about this, that, that you're actually thinking through the kinds of other technologies or platforms or things. Scott said the alchemy of adding multiple platforms into one experience. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. whiteboarding. Well, there's virtual whiteboarding now sure. where you can, you can literally be standing at a physical whiteboard and marking on a whiteboard and it is showing up on somebody's screen. Right. And, right. and they can interact with it. I mean, so there yeah. are these other technologies out there, but the question is, sure. It seems to me this is almost a creative skill. It's almost not a tech skill. It's a spark of creativity or storytelling that, okay, we're going to yeah. do this meeting. We're going to do this event. We're going to do this activity as a, as an office. Somebody who's thinking through, well, okay, let's have some things in the form of slide presentations that are shared. Let's have some things in the forms of a push poll that people are going to be engaging with. Let's have, yeah. you see what I'm saying? It's almost like it's no, a creative component to it, not yeah. just a tech component. Yeah. I, well, it's both, right? Because <laughs> obviously there's a, a heavy tech piece to it. Right. But, and rather there is that extremely creative piece to it. And it takes both. You asked if is it is it a new position? Is it a new skill set? It certainly is a a specific skill set that some organizations have. Where I've seen it really take off, both in our organization and in others that we work with, is a lot of marketing departments have you know content creators. Uh, you know whether it's graphic designers or you do video work or whatever the case may be. You know, our company has leaned into our content creators uh, and they've been pulled into a lot of stuff that likely we wouldn't have even thought to include them in previously. We got a sales meeting or we've got a some sort of presentation. You know, we're going to have everybody come to the conference room. We'll have a PowerPoint and we'll roll through it and just kind of go through our, our standard procedures and, and processes. Well, now to your point, we can't. And early on, it, we definitely were just rolling through slide presentation. You know, hey, I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to throw, throw up a presentation. But we're fortunate that we've got some really talented content creators that were just kind of jumping in going, you know, rather than jumping on a conference call with a prospect, we've done live streams uh, mm -hmm. to where you know, we actually had some guys uh, on gimbals with cameras walking around our facility and showing off our technology and all the things that you would normally get if you were to come on site, you'd see all that stuff. We actually did some walk arounds. And then even to the point of once we did the walk around and came back into the conference room, we actually had multiple camera angles and we had our content folk actually producing it and, and switching camera angles and actually gripping a, a presentation or a, a, you know, a production definitely that creative skill set has been enhanced or uh, really leaned into by folks. But at the same time, your IT department has been been pulled into that because some of that stuff, you know, just going back to our example with the live stream stuff, we didn't have, you know, yes, we had cameras, but we didn't have 
video switchers and a lot of the hardware that you needed to to pull it off day one. It was, well, this is what we want to do. Hey, CTO's office, do we have this stuff? How do we pull it off? No, we don't have any of that because we've never, you know, we've never done that before. Now you're having to collaborate with your technology department of, okay, well, this is what we need from a hardware standpoint to do this. Uh, or we want to show this kind of presentation. Will our, pl- you know, whether it's, you know, Zoom or Teams or whatever, they've, they've become fairly standardized in their product offerings and their capabilities and what they can do. But we're a Microsoft shop. We're an, we're an O365 shop. And so we predominantly use Teams. Well, we, in the early days, post-COVID or in COVID, after COVID hit and everything, we did some webinars and we wanted to do some webinars, some educational stuff. And we didn't have the capacity to host that many people in teams because they had limitations. So we swung over to Zoom, but then Zoom has different levels of, you know, depending on your your subscription level, how many folks you can actually host. And then Zoom actually has a webinar subscription level um, so that you can host mass amounts of people uh, and then it it enables all the functionality of polling and some of the the enhanced chat functions and things like that, breakout rooms and all those things. A lot of it early on, you had to go to your technology department and that could do that research and kind of figure it out, which we were fortunate enough between myself and some of our content creators, we were able to figure it out. But if you don't, you're sitting in the CTO's office or your, you know, your IT director's office going, hey, this is what we want to do. What do we need to pull it off? Do we have it? How do we get it and configure it? What we've seen and and I've seen just across the industry in general is what your content creators who used to just be solely marketing people and they just, you know, follow the direction of the CMO, those content creators are sitting in a lot of different meetings than they used to because people are wanting their feedback on how do we leverage content, whether it's existing assets or, you know, things that we'll create to enhance things that we didn't even think about trying to enhance, like a, a financial due diligence call, you know, <laughs> like, right. you well, know, but that's the point too, is, yeah. and you actually kind of articulated it that, Hey, you know, we went to our tech team and now we don't have those capabilities or this is what we do have. But me and a couple others, we, we realized we, we could figure out how to make it work. Well, I would, I've, I know you drew, and I, know, I mean, you have some of that creative tendency in you as well. I wasn't necessarily suggesting you got to create a new staff position and hire right. somebody whose job it is. I am the I am the person who makes Zoom fun for our company. You know, <laughs> no, um, but there's but, consulting groups popping well, up doing but, that. But but here's the thing: there is also a good likelihood that you have the skills and the assets already yeah. in your existing human capital. For sure, and for part sure. of part of this brave new frontier that we're in is thinking differently about, Hey, let's access those skills and abilities and talents within our people and maybe even bring them, make them even come more alive as part of your team. Some of it is, yeah. Consulting 100%. There are things that, that you can go and see and learn from those that are doing it well. But there is something to be said about having that just intentional thinking around what can we do to ensure that when we are either having a meeting or we are implementing a work plan, workflow, project management for our our day and week, that we are creating the best 
most engaging, most productive and effective possible experience for every member of our team, no matter where they are. And then that will lead us to where you were already saying, Drew, now it's going to create a greater level of adapting and accepting the technology platform because it's better and people are going to gravitate to it more in a positive way, which is going to then make the productivity and effectiveness of it better. And and this is where you start to see the growth that can happen in an organization, in a company, in a community group. I mean, it's not the technology is the tool, but it's engaging the human capital that's all around it and using it. And I think that's, that's what I took away from Scott is like, you got to think differently about the people. You got to create some rules. The technology is there that can be absolutely phenomenal, engaging, productive, more effective than our old way of thinking. You've been listening to the digitally connected podcast with Joel Harder and Drew Null. Make sure to check us out wherever you catch all your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any of our new content we'll be dropping regularly. If you enjoyed the content today, give us a five-star rating. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.